Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Think Tank. Uh, we're here today with Veteran Tank. Um, that one, we're going to cover pretty much just the VA. We're going to go over uh, some resources and things that they have out there, and then we're also going um, to kind of just share my experience that I had um, with the VA. But let's go ahead and kick it off here. We're starting with the uh, My Healthy Vet, uh, Gov. If you don't have the My Healthy Vet, go ahead and set that up, especially if you have um, already, if you already have like ongoing disability services, you probably already know about this and things like that. But it is a way that you'll be able to communicate with your healthcare team. So uh, super huge to use that. Yeah, I got papers today. So let's, let's, We'll just jump into um, my experience with the VA so far. I know a lot of us have our own misconceptions and feelings towards the VA, um, especially going transitioning out of the military. It's not the information not shared properly or, or in the best way that it could be at every um, at every uh, command. And I think that's really the issue. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna kind of be fair uh, with this one. Because if I think about the manpower of the VA and everything that they have going on and the amount of commands that we have out of all of the military branches as a total, and then if you look at on a monthly basis how many of these service members are exiting out and how many of these transitional classes that they're going to have at any given time during that month, it's a strain on the one entity that's supposed to be getting involved with that, which is the VA, which, hey, poo-poo VA, because yes, with all the funding that's going on, we could honestly fund the VA better so that way they can have the manpower resources to be able to service veterans a lot better. And that might answer at least one of the ongoing questions we have with regards to like homeless vets, um, the suicide rates with vets, and then also uh, the drug abuse with vets, um, drug and alcohol. We'll, we'll loop that all in together uh, to include and not to, also, not to be forgotten at all, um, the mental health uh aspect for vets because a lot of so a lot of our issues are coming from um things we did to to keep this country the way that it is today um so we're just gonna go ahead and start right in there with with that tidbit uh with my personal experience when it came to the transitional process that was really enough as flies i don't know why this flies right now but um there there's there was really not a smooth transition into uh the resources that are there for va like uh, we had, uh, I think, a military or uh, it was one of the sailors that was there talking to us and uh, directing the entire, the entire class. And I believe we did have a VA rep come in to cover benefits, but it was like a block of time, just just a segment of time um, that was really given to us. And then at some point, we did get to go work with the reps. If you know, you had the free time outside, but us military folks, once it's quitting time time to go because if you hang around you might find yourself working more and that's mm -mm, get somebody else to do it uh so with that limited time and then also it's such a soft well not it's such a fragile spot right there of transitioning out it's so many questions you don't even know to ask or even think about because you've been military for so long so they just kind of give you a generalization of the transition but it's not really good enough uh at all because we don't cover the mental health aspect of it at all. We don't really go more into careers. It's just more so of like talk about trades, talk about college um, and then, you know, workforce, get yourself like, you know, one's talking about like the, the difficulties you're going to run into the culture, 
the culture shock that you're going to experience from being in the military for X amount of time and then going back into the civilian world at the adjustment. That adjustment is it's going to take time. You might not even realize it at first. It might even take a few years for you to really see it. But it also depends on how long you've been doing autopilot on your military life. Like when you get out, you kind of just do what you know and you still roll in the military way, just more relaxed. You just don't realize it until you find a location that's really, truly relaxed and you, you're going to feel out of place because you're like, why can't we just get the work done? Go go work at a job where people don't really want to work and they tell their bosses, fuck off. You're not going to like, yeah, we did that in the Navy, too. But at the end, like we would complain, but we're still going to do the job. And there's some places you're going to go where you're the only one working because you're the only one that has that sense of purpose to like, no, I need to get this job done. That's a culture shock within itself, because you might even find yourself thinking that Man, I was really a shitbag in the Navy or whatever branch you were in. And you come out here and being a stellar person with your lackluster work ethic. But what you don't realize is you're ingrained to be as a, as a high performing person, even though you might think you were a shitbag in the civilian world, you're still high performing. And that's. Let's go ahead and process that for a second. We don't talk about that, though, with the transition. So let's fast forward because that's past. Let's go to present. Um, for the longest, I did take forever to go with the VA. Um, I attempted a few times. It's just the wait time was super, super bad. And then there was a lot of things going on with the VA, with them not being able to, you know, really service like they like they would like to or, or intend to. Then we had, like, I think that we were getting investigated at one point. So that was a big, huge debacle there where that kind of spoiled a lot of the trust issues. Um, the trust, yeah, the trust relationship with a lot of vets there. Uh, and then also you have the misconception that a lot of people think like the VA is for the old vets, like combat vets, like if you've been blown up or anything like that. So there's, I know if you're a veteran, you're a veteran. And if you have, if you have uh, illnesses or anything like that, that was caused from, you know, what you were doing, then, you know, you got to handle that. So I stayed away from the website for a while because it was kind of confusing at first, but. Since then, they have revamped everything um, with the VA, and I do love that. So with the new additions that they have uh, going on with the website, it's making it super friend, super user-friendly to be able to find anything and everything that you need. So if you do not have a account at a VA.gov, go ahead and get you an account um, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, it's it's going to be super beneficial, and you really don't even need an account to access a lot of the stuff. Uh, on the website, but if you want to start linking things to your profile and to your records and things, um, then it would behoove you to go ahead and get yourself a uh, to log into the VA website. On that search bar, you don't even need to be an expert to know where you're going. You can search it. You can just in their search bar, you can search the website for whatever you want to. Um, like I was on there earlier looking into the uh, Mission Act, and then uh, I was also on there looking into this community care, urgent care assistance. Uh, so. The reason why I even bring any of those up is because it's exactly what we're segue into here in a few, but let's let's get back to the VA experience. So I finally went on the website and I got my account and everything. Um, I had did the first thing that I did with the VA was starting my claim to get my, my disability. So after doing that, I uh, went through the website, filling out all the information. Like I've set up out here, since I'm out here in Arizona, we partnered, the, the VA partnered with this uh, third party called Q, QTC. It might be in other places, but not really sure. But with QTC, um, they were able to 
I'm sorry, I'm also trying to put this on sleep because I'm getting notifications popping up that's distracting me a little bit, so I have to apologize. But um so one of the when I what well, yeah, so I, I did went through everything, got fill out all the forms and all that with the VA through the website. Um, went through QTC, and that's when I started to actually do my in-person with the uh, healthcare providers. Um, I wasn't one of those folks in the Navy that constantly went to, you know, medical and, and got all my stuff documented. I, I I didn't go to medical that much. Like, I did for, like, my no-shave chip, and then, you know, if I had to go to medical, like, to get sick call or whatever like that, or if I was, like, if I truly got injured, and yeah, I, I would have gone to medical. But there was a lot of small stuff I did not go to medical for, um, like, things and things, like, I didn't have an extensive heavy record or even my record paled in a lot of people's. So I didn't honestly didn't think I would get much when I started this. Like I, I thought I would maybe get like a few percentages or whatever. I didn't expect to get what I got um, originally, but that's when I learned how much, how badly I actually was jacked up when I, when I went through that process. So um, going through everything, doing the physicals and stuff. Um, and even, even knowing like when you, when you're going with the physical, because it's, it's an evaluation. Like a lot of people go in there with the mindset of like, okay, my these issues aren't bothering me right now. So when they're asking you for like your pain levels and stuff like that, you're, a lot of people are giving them like the right now. But you have to go in there with the mindset you're you're being evaluated for the totality of your injuries. So not what your pain level is right now. When you, when it's at its worst, what is your pain levels? Are you is it debilitating? Is it is it preventing you from doing your day-to-day life or day-to-day job um, or anything like that? Like that, that's the question that they're truly asking. And you can even ask clarity. And I, I, I think I even had a doctor that explained that to me um, while there too. Like not, not with your feeling right now, like when, when it's at its worst, like what, what is, what is their, your pain levels there? Um, and then I think they will compare it to like how you feel right now. But then they do like a range of motion and a few other things uh, in that process to kind of just evaluate my movement. And um, and uh, once everything was said and done and I did my last appointment, um, they that's when they're, you know, they'll send everything out to the VA and it's going to go to the higher ups there and they do what they need to do with it. Uh, and then you start to get communications back. That that time frame can vary. Uh, I've known people to get some people gotten back. Um, in the time frame that they typically would give, which that also varies. I can't remember what mine was. Uh, and then some people have been waiting months, <laughs> months, um, and some a little bit longer. But have no fear. You're, you're, the minute you file that date, when you, well, yeah, when you submit your, when you submit your application for your intent to file, from that date is what they track. So no matter how long they take with this process, as long as you've completed everything you need to do, you did your 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 check-ins, and you go, oh, yeah, you can follow up. You can you can call in if you like, and just kind of get you know engaged. And if this is still being looked into, then it's good. I mean, there there's more. There's either they found more evidence for them to go through, or they're getting more documentation because the VA holds your medical record, so it's already in the vault. So they have access to your medical record. You can actually go on the VA website and get a copy of your medical record. They send it to you in a CD, and you can download it to anything and open it up. I personally have my medical record linked with Apple, so whenever the VA updates anything or whenever my medical record is at partner with Apple and know what they're doing, it, it, I have my medical record on my phone, so I can actually pull up my VA medical record. It has my, my diagnosis on there. 
It even has my um, No Shave Shit records on my phone right now, and that's from ages ago. So, it, you know, as long as your HMs or Corman's or whomever is your medical um, for each price, I don't know if they because uh, I think Army and Marine uses numbers and letters. Uh, so, whoever your medical, um, as long as they did their due diligence to make sure your stuff was documented when you did go, uh, it's in there. It's all going to be inside the vault or inside one of the systems somewhere, and more and more is being added into it as you know they discover more stuff. So, um, with that being, they look at the totality of everything. They look at the, if they can find anything in your Navy or military. I'm sorry, anything in your military record uh, that could connect to any of your claims and stuff like that. And that's primarily what they're looking for. Your they need to know. They need to see if what you are experiencing was caused by something that occurred while you were serving in the military. And if they cannot find any evidence of that being there, then you have to supplement that. How do you supplement that? It's part of phase two. We're gonna get into that. Make sure this still on because we're looking at y'all talking. So. Um, once I got through uh, that whole process, everything I waited. Uh, I think it took me like six months. I'm ballparking it. I have to double check it out. I say about six months. That's when I finally um, found out. I found out because I got a payment first. I looked at my account. I had just a random deposit of a crazy amount. I was like, where did that even come from? It even said like CP or something. That it was. It showed it was from the VA, but it was different from my education benefits. I was in school at the time, so I'm like, this can't be my VA I Got that. So um, I actually ended up calling the VA and was like, hey, I got this payment that says this and I'm I'm not sure what it is or anything like that. I wasn't savvy at the VA website at this time, mind you. So the only thing I did do, like I was mentioning, was my claim. I didn't explore it just yet. So I didn't know I can just look on there and see what I do now. But they pulled up my profile. They didn't make me feel dumb or anything. They just pulled up my profile simply and was like, oh yeah, that's going to be your um, disability claim. You, uh, you're at 60%. I'm like, Oh, oh, I, I'm approved. Got it. Okay, cool. And then that's what explains it. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you can see it on the website and everything. They told me about where I can go in the website to look at my um, my claims. And that's another reason why if you log in and you create an account, everything is all right there on your dash. As soon as you log in, it has like some quick links that you normally you can go to. And and you can actually track your debt management and all that. Like It has all that information. I actually pulled up there. I know I'm not going to be able to screen share or nothing. I want to be able to pull it up there and uh, be able to be factual what I'm saying. But anywho, um, I got all that done. Woo -woo, so I didn't really touch anything anymore. I didn't really think nothing else of VA. I knew I wanted to probably try again, but I knew I had to do like some other some other work. And I, again, wasn't savvy at the time into it. I kind of just left by the wayside. So we get to the PAC Act. The PAC Act comes around and I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to rebate. Because I know my disabilities have been getting worse. And I wanted them to like look at that. I wanted them to look into these things. So the PAC Act went through. And I, I, I refiled um, adding the PAC Act and also showing that there was uh, more more adjustment needed. Um, so I, they evaluated me for the PAC Act and everything. And they approved me for an additional 10% from that. Um, and then I... I had missed one appointment. I, I do got to reschedule it, but uh, my 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 account or my filing went into like a uh, fact find status. So even though they approved me for my ten percent, it's like it's still 
open because I am I'm looking into uh, I'm having to reevaluate some of my physical interests. Not my, I did not reclaim any mental, only my physical. So a little birdie had told me once before, whatever you get from mental health initially, leave it. Don't try anything with that because as mental health changes and goes, people are going to start in different ways and what what ways, what way. So I'm not sure what the VA scale is for the mental health right now. Leave it alone. Until we get more solid ground on that, leave it alone. Uh, just look at your physical. Just focus on the physical. Take care of your mental, but focus on your physical when it comes to your plans. So um, with with that being said, I, I went through... Yeah, with the pack that I've got everything finalized and everything. So by this time now, I'm a little more savvy with the website. I'm able to go in there. I'm able to check to see um, what's going on with debt. I'm able to see what's going on with like appointments and everything, yada, yada, yada. Got my 70s, saw that my thing was still pending. And I was like, you know, and I proposed, I shared it on my Facebook for those who've been following me on there. Um, that uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm probably going to go back through with my PCM and have them now document the progression that my disability has, has had. Like, I won't be able to get the VA doctors to actually look and see how much worse that has gotten since then. So when I do go back and refile, at least I will have the medical support and documentation of the VA doctors already stating that, yes, my condition has gotten worse. Uh, and then I can file, I can file for uh, them to readjust my compensation uh, through that way. Because, you know, if you're continuing to get, if you're progressively breaking down, then you're more disabled than you were you originally filed. So that's the thing. That's that. And that's what it is. And you, it's the military did that too. You got things they should take. They should be compensated. Um, now, the experience for the PCM, when I finally went, I recently went and did that. I will go on, I'm going to the new VA out here in Arizona. Uh, they recently built this building. It's pretty nice in there. They got a they got a canteen in there, little kitchen for people who don't know. It's like they got a grill and stuff. Like they had like burgers, chili dogs, uh, chicken tenders. I ended up getting chicken tenders and fries. They had like a little little store, so like an exchange right there inside the cantina with typical exchange items in there. Um, that's the next for us in the Navy. I think of the exchange and most others. Um, but pretty neat, pretty cool. And then everything, all the specialties that I needed were like either on the first, second, third, or fourth floor. Everyone was neatly, and signs completely visible. Um, it was very, very handicap friendly. So like when I first pulled up, the first two rows of parking anywhere close to the building was nothing but handicap. Like I had to go park in the second segment of the parking lot because at that point is when it started regular parking. Anything in that first lot, all handicap. Or don't, it did not matter where you parked at. It was a handicap. I'm like, got it okay cool beans um so perfectly great for that if i if i once i get to the point of where i can get the placard i will get the placard and i also will be parking in the handicapped spot uh, um i put in there the place was really nice really really clean um if, for those who don't know the va has its own law enforcement they, they have a veterans affairs police department it's, it is a federal police last time i checked yeah they were federal. Um, I don't think they go to Flexi, though. I'm going to double check that because if it is, hey, if you got an opportunity to go to Flexi, freaking go. It's amazing. It would change your life. Anywho, so 
um, you know, it was real safe and secure and stuff like that. I, you know, I didn't bring, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bring a uh, big birth or nothing. I left her where she needed to be and, and all secured and whatnot. So, you know, I was able to go in there with, you know, peace of mind. Um, as soon as I went in, I already had like my appointment scheduled. Like, so man, that's what I'm missing. So my actual appointment with my, my doctor, my provider is going to be this Tuesday. Uh, where I went to go was this new pilot program that they're trying to do to alleviate the stress and the uh, burden on all the scheduling. And we back. Sorry about that. I had a quick little intermission real quick. So, so if there's a segment that's missing, I, I cover it or I got it. I'm probably going to edit this part out too here. So I'm uh just do some filler in case I do decide to keep it because it doesn't sound too bad. He just started this car. So I guess we could just sit here and like look at each other deeply and immensely. And if I do keep this, I hope this makes you laugh. I hope you get a little chuckle, a little giggle out of the seriousness of the tone. Okay. So to recap on what might have been missing that last part, I was thinking I was going into like how everything was like neatly organized and all that. So, um, oh, I was talking about the pilot program to alleviate the stress uh, and the burden on the schedule right now that's already happening. So with with the ongoing um, the ongoing status at the moment with uh, the amount of, there we go, the amount of, of appointments that are being um, requested and then of course, you know, the number of providers and stuff like that and to also, you know, source to that particular um, VA, they have the, uh, the RNs they are doing the like an initial or like an intake appointment where they start your labs up or anything that they might have. You got any x-rays for your claims or for any of the issues that you're coming in there for. Um, Cause when you, when you request the appointment with your PCM, they do ask you like, do you have a list of concerns or any concerns that you want to look into or is it something with claim or something like that? So they already have that ready to go. So when I went in there and met with the, uh, my RN, uh, he was real, he was real chill. Like, and very like super helpful and comforting to like what I was looking into. He was open to hear me out completely about like when he had ever pains or issues that I'm having. I was able to describe it without feeling like pressured. Um, very friendly. Uh, they weren't intrusive at all. And it was everything like if I had, they always said like, if you know, if you have the time for it today, if you're able to put this, you know, in your schedule today, we can go over here to this lab. I can get this sent off. You know, he even wrote down on the paper, everything like on a piece of paper. I got it right here. Yeah, right here on the first floor. I'm gonna go to the labs, and then uh, down there on the first floor, I'm gonna run into radiology as well. We're gonna get scans from the low back, knees, and right shoulder. And then he wanted me to go to the Veteran Resource Center to see if I can even get my ID. And I was supposed to go to a specialty clinic as well, just for physical therapy for the issues that was going on my shoulder, because the radiology X-rays are gonna go to the oncology, and they're gonna review everything to make sure I'm good to go. And I'm gonna need that first before I even get to the physical therapy. So he got X-rays out the way and sent off so that way we don't have to deal with that um but that that was the that was the the craziest part about it like that meeting with him probably took the longest then uh after after we had that uh conversation he got his notes down to go to my doctor and all that um he even told me like you know he was letting me know how my provider is and you know offered me like the mental health route and that's something i'm a very much into um, so I even had that set up that I'm gonna get a phone call from them immediately after my appointment so they can set me up and start my process with that. So, um, after my appointment, I went, there was a huge place, it was the nice elevators and everything. So I went on the elevator 
hit that number one button, going back down to the first floor as soon as I popped out the elevator. They had a sign taking up north and south, and you already know, you know, you know, you don't really know where you're going just yet, but once you hit the intersection, you look down, all the booths have like their sign of what they are sticking out. So it says radiology, uh, veteran services. You got a, a laboratory. You had, uh, what's the other one? There was a bunch of them on that first floor that was all just like right there. My fourth floor is like, oh. uh, so when I, when I went down the first floor, I was able to hit the labs, you know, and that's, yeah, I didn't know what I was in store for. They told me to fast. So I already was like, didn't eat for like 12 hours and everything. So I went to the, to the lab and um, I checked in and it was like, all right, cool. You know, we're going to call you. So I sat down. I'm still thinking like, because mind you, I had to pee when I was talking to my doctor. So the first place I went to was lab. So I had to go pee if I needed to. So, you know, I'm sitting down. I think maybe like, maybe like five, 10 minutes go by. They call my name. I go back. I'm like, oh, snap. So as soon as I go in there, they had me sit down in the chair, and, you know, she already had, like, the, it was a blood draw chair. I'm like, okay. So she's sitting down and everything, or she has me sit down, and I'm, like, you know, sitting back and comfortable, and she's starting to talk to me, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, all right, so at some point, she's probably going to tell me about, like, a peacock or anything. And she already had the needles and everything out. Um, like, they were packaged still, but she already had everything, like, set up, ready to go. Like, all I had to do was sit down, stick my arm out, and she was going to do what she needed to do. But I asked her, I was like, hey, do I have to pee at all in a cup or anything? So she checked right there in the lab, see what was ordered. She was like, nope, none of that. I was like, oh, can I go to the bathroom real quick? And she's like, yeah, sure. So I ran off to the bathroom real fast. It was right like a few feet over from where I was at. Used that bad boy, came back, sat back down. She drew like maybe like four vials and was like, you're good to go. Bandaged me up and was like, all right, appreciate you. You know, you're done with us. So I went on out, walked out, um, and then I had busted a right. And as soon as I had busted that right, Veteran services right there. I'm like, the resource center. I'm like, all right, cool. My nurse told me, you know, talk to them to see if um, you can get your VA ID. Because I didn't have one yet. All this time, I still never had my, my veteran affairs ID. So I went over to the resource center. There was a black dude there. You know, his arm banged up a little bit. Everybody there, so far, I talked to also they were vets too. So um, he's in there, you know, he was real cool. You know, great customer service and all that. Even though, like, there was a conversation happening right next to us. I had to repeat myself a few times. But he didn't show any frustration about that or nothing. Um, he just kept it professional, and I was like, you know, uh, yeah, uh, they told me to come down here to see if I can get an ID done. Uh, I know they said, it's, you know, we might not have one here. He was like, oh, no, yeah, we got a tech here. Uh, go ahead, uh, have a seat, and um, once they're ready for you, uh, we're going to call you. I was like, all right, cool. I sat down, and it was like maybe like three minutes went by. Roger, I was like, oh, snap. The dude, that white dude came out there, grabbed me, and, you know, I could tell he's been there all day. Like, he still had customer service, but it wasn't as friendly as everybody else. Like, he was just kind of, like, going through the motions a bit until he brightened up a little bit towards the end when we started cracking a few jokes. Um, but he was like, yeah, you know, um, I just got here, like, a month ago, um, and then I volunteered to be this VA's resident uh, tech for, you know, being able to do the uh, IDs and stuff like that. So now at that one, we don't have to go to the main VA no more or pass an ID. We can just go right now to our, like, our closest one, which is only like 13 minutes away from me, is our closest one, and I can go get my VA ID. And he told me it's going to take about like seven to 10 days. It took maybe about three or four. Three. I say I give it. I give it maybe like a work week. I say maybe five days because I I actually got it in the mail and I posted about it and I was like, wow, that 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 didn't take no time whatsoever. Um, and then. I was able to go over there right to the specials and get my physical therapy schedule. Like, they were sending me a notification about that and everything. I think I got it um, 
I think I got it uh, at the same day as my appointment. So I'm going to be doing my physical therapy. I'm going to go see my doctor and do my physical therapy on that same day. Um, and that's going to be amazing. So I can't wait to do an a update for you guys on that one. So that was pretty much my experience with it. One of the things I really wanted to share with everyone in regards to the VA and one of the resources, um, this is Community Care Urgent Care Assistance Card. Uh, this one that I have is for Regions 4 and 5, so that's going to be Arkansas. I'm going to just give you all the uh, abbreviations. So, A-K-A-S-A-Z-C-A-C-O-G-U-H-I-I-D-M-P-M-T-N-M, Nevada. Yeah, that's Nevada. I know that for sure. Oregon, Texas, Utah. I've got tired of that. Uh, Washington and Wyoming. Um, everyone, if you're if you're one of those states or state abbreviations that I just listed, you're going to be part of uh, 4 and 5, so this abbreviation will directly relate to you. I'm not 100% sure on the other areas. However, on the VA website, if you type in the Mission Care Act or the Community Care or just Urgent Care in general, um, you'll be able to get to the Community Care Urgent Care Assistance. What this is, it is a insurance card. Pretty much. Yeah. It looks like this. Well, at least mine's looking like this. I folded if I wanted to. But it is an insurance card for veterans. Um, you you can bring this card to your urgent care provider. What this card does for you, and I can actually break it down to you. Uh, only thing you need to do is you can either call in to see if your eligibility, which if you got this card, you're part of the VA or in the VA servicing you're eligible, but uh, you can use the VA faculty locator that they have on the VA.gov slash find locations. So that's a direct link for you guys to go there. What you're doing is you're going to find it in network urgent care and or pharmacy, depending on what you got going on. You just bring a valid government issued ID. Um, and what it's supposed to do is protect you from paying a copay at the time of your urgent care visit. Like you do not pay a copayment at the time of your urgent care payment. Like at all, there's no copay, and I so wish I used this when I went to the urgent care after my accident because I didn't. I paid like one thirty-five to be seen, and it. And then I paid again when I had to go to the urgent care when I was sick, something else, and yeah, there was another one thirty-five. Um, the other thing that it helps out with is your. Is going to be your medication, so. When you do enter a VA pharmacy claim using the following information, you want to use the bin number that they have on here. You also have a uh, treatment group, a PCN number, your person code. Uh, they'll be they'll need your full social, or if you have your VA card, the number on you back it up, and then of course your date of birth. They will not charge you a copayment for dispensed medications. Uh, and that's that's the beautiful thing. A maximum day supply for a veteran initial fill is fourteen days, seven days or fewer for opioids and fills. So that's where that's pretty much what you're getting is one of those situations. So in the event that you ever find yourself in crisis as well, you can go to an urgent care. You can print this out off of the VA. You can go to the VA and get one of these papers. Keep this with you in your car, like your 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 uh, registration. Keep it in there with you. So if you ever find yourself going to an urgent, this is going to save you. That's going to save you right there. How to access your urgent care. They also have the information for their breakdowns. So pretty much what I was talking about. So first you want to check your eligibility. If you're eligible, you if you 
are eligible if you are enrolled in the VA healthcare system and receive care through the VA from either VA or community provider within the past 24 months. You can also contact your local VA. You're going to find your provider through that website, like I told you, www.va.gov slash find locations, find tag locations, or just search urgent care on the website. I told you that too. Um, you want to, from after that, you confirm your provider. When you arrive, confirm the provider is in network VA urgent care provider. A sign must be posted. So it's going to be posted out there. Uh, fill out an intake form and indicate that you would like to use your VA urgent care benefits. Um, and then after that, Get urgent care. Receive needed care from the provider. If you need uh, prescriptions, medication, make sure the provider uh, activates your your pharmacy benefits under the VA urgent care benefit. Uh, the VA will pay, like I said before, a 14-day supply. Prescription must be filled by an authorized in-network pharmacy. Uh, and then file copayments. You now, here, here it is. Remember I said protection from a copayment, but this is what it is. You may be charged a copayment of $30 for using the urgent care benefit. Maybe. It's not it's case by case. It all depends. Copayments are billed separately by the VA. Do not pay a copayment during the visit. So even though I said it might be charged $30, you're not paying that. As long as you have this form, you're not paying anything at the ER. Um, copayments depend on your assigned priority group and how many times you use urgent care in a calendar year. So the VA will determine if and when you should be billed if that's necessary while going through urgent care. Uh, and if you need any more information, you can also contact your local VA medical facility, or you can visit va.gov slash community care. Um, now, here's the last little tidbit. I'm going to give you all this little resource here. And it may or may not be exclusive to my VA or not, but I'm going to double check it. But they have this other program called the Patient Self-Referral Direct Scheduling, which is a PSDS. The PSDS process is intended to expedite specialty care by eliminating the need to obtaining a consult from your primary care provider. Uh, to schedule directly into one of those services, you're, you typically have to reach out to your VA. They, depending on your VA, they might have a list of like extensions for it, but I'm going to list off the ones that we have out here at this AZVA. Hopefully yours has just as much or more. Uh, so things that, if, if needed, I can go ahead and just call the VA and just schedule it and not need anything. Amputee services, uh, audiology, clinical pharmacy, fall prevention, mammogram. There's a program called MOVE on my next on my next um, VA uh, veteran tank. I'm, I'm probably going to get more information for you guys on MOVE. Uh, nutrition and food services, oncology, active cancer included, uh, optometry slash eye care, podiatry, social work, tobacco sensation classes, and then also you have wheelchair information, and then you have access to mental health. They have a general farm, uh, general mental health, and then they have specialized mental health. Uh, with those services they're provided to you, you'll be able to get everything taken care of, and I behoove all of you guys to go ahead and check out their, their mental health care. Uh, the general psychiatry is going to be the side where you'll get the prescriptions for like your PTSD, anxiety, depression, things like that. Um, the specialized side is going to be where you'll find therapy, group sessions, and things like that. So the best way I can describe it, uh, if you need help on a medication side to regulate what your body is going through when you are having any issues from what you've experienced, uh, then that route is perfect. Uh, if you've already been on medication or you're not a big fan of medication, then I would highly recommend the specialized side because that will help you get off of the meds and actually attack the root cause of what's triggering 
some of these responses from your body and that will help you prevent or that should prevent you from having to use the meds at times depending on like even for me like i don't i i've, I've gotten off the meds completely but I, I do use other alternatives um and also started my therapy services back up um so there are times like yeah i could i, I there's been times where i'm like man i would sure do wish i had one of my, one of my emergency meds right about now because uh it can get bad it can get pretty rough and I know you know it varies for everybody, but these are these are all that they have. These are services they have over here just to help us, just to really get us back on board to what we need and getting us really like back back into the groove of being functioning um folks. And oh, if you can't get there, at least ours have this veteran transportation services. That's what's wild. Expanded healthcare access provided. And they have a little quote down here that says, anyone can go to a hospital, but heroes go to the VA. Kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but their main goal is just to increase transportation resources for all veterans and focus on improving efficiency of existing transportation resources. They're, and they call themselves VTS. VTS staff are committed in assisting veterans in making it to appointments, reducing transportation e issues, meeting other veterans, and just enjoying the ride. Uh, so, which is great, too, for a lot of our older vets that might be living alone, kind of get some sometimes to socialize and experience another uh, human being. Uh, but there is there are ways that they can refuse transportation, like if the passenger is intoxicated, passenger has weapons, drugs, illegal substances, passenger uses foul, abusive language, or poses a threat to the safety of the driver or other passengers, so please be nice. Uh, passengers uses the type of tobacco product, uses any type of tobacco product uh, on the vehicle, so no vaping, no smoking. Uh, passengers refuse to wear a seatbelt, don't be that person. Uh, passengers have a medical condition impacting their awareness and ability to care for themselves. If you're if you fall in that category, you, you nine times out of ten you you should have a um, uh, a caregiver that's going to be with you. Passenger who refuses to transfer from personal scooter to design seat while moving in motion, let the scooter go. Uh, and veteran has three no shows or untimely cancellations. Uh, will suspend veteran from. BTS services. So that's just kind of some of their don't do's there. Um, and I, I read you their goals, but their mission mainly is to seek to overcome barriers to the, the VAH access for all veterans, especially for those who are visually impaired, elderly, or immobilized due to disease or disability and those living in rural areas. So that, that there is going to be my data dump for you guys on this good old, uh, VA. I'm definitely going to have more for everybody once I uh, return back from my appointment with my actual PCM, um, which I'll be able to give you, you know, more of a more in-depth on that one. But if anybody wants to look up any of the stuff that I was talking about, main things to look up, the Mission Care Act. You want to definitely look into the Mission Care Act because that is what allows the community care uh, network to even be a thing. So understand that and especially if you're guys are into politics, I will hope you guys be into politics. If you hear anything about the Mission Care Act on the docket uh, inside politics, please pay attention because you don't want that taken away. Trust me, you don't want that under underfunded. If anything, we want to get the VA funded more. Um, seeing that what they're doing with the, what they have, they're they're really trying to win us back. So I'm a get I'm a I'm a I'm going to eat some crow and say go. 
I'm a support. I'm going to be an advocate of the VA and say, if you have not gone to the VA and you're a veteran, by all means, please go. So with that, I leave y'all with that information. Do with it what you want. And until next time, uh, I'm your host again, Mr. Mims. Y'all got to stay classy. And it's for all.